This is the Sports Nightly Fantasy Football League Podcast. Wow, what a throw, 33 yards. Winston is hotter than a match, his ninth completion here in the first quarter. You know how I feel about stats. Really, stats are for losers. Final scores for winners. Here goes Chubb, he's going to go. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Nick Chubb. He's got a hat trick. Anybody can be beat. An 83-yard touchdown strike by the NFL MVP. You like that? You like that? Now here's your host, Ben McLaughlin. Thank you and welcome to week number two, episode number three of our Sports Nightly Fantasy Football Podcast. The go-to source for everything that you need to know about NFL. Right, boys? I mean, there's not much that gets by us in general, period. Uh, but especially when it comes to NFL and, and fantasy football, we're the experts. We're the go-to sources. We're the best ever. <laughs> I, there's nothing else I can say that would dispute to dispute that, so I'm on board. Uh, that's Josh Hilkeman. Since Austin Orman had such a, a an award-winning performance in, in episode number two, week number one, we've gotten so many positive comments. Austin, we decided to invite you back uh, and, and for another week. So welcome back. I, I'm honored to be here. I, I appreciate that you invited me back due to my podcast performance and not my week one fantasy football performance. Well, well I was Tim's, gonna say, Tim's yeah. on Tim the is the one that's going to brag. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, he could pop on here at any moment. So just be just be ready to, uh, you know, just just know that he's listening and I, he's, he's here to combat everything that you say. You know, well, you just always got to be ready with Tim. He's always ready, always lurking. And he's he's we didn't want him to brag too much. He he had the best score of the week, so we wanted to make sure to keep his I don't know, keep him in check a little bit. <laughs> well, let's start with last week, boys. Josh, let's just start there with uh, with the highest performer of the week. It just so happened to be Sir Yacht's inside source. Uh, put together a pretty good week. I mean, obviously you're the you're the highest scorer for the week, and uh, unfortunately for you, Austin, it came you know, at your demise, running up and down Tim's lineup, pretty solid all the way around. He had a bunch of GT, some garbage time from Deshaun Watson on Thursday, which we talked about last week. He gets 20 and a half points from Zeke. Todd Gurley scores a touchdown in his Atlanta debut. He has Julio Jones as well, who racked up a decent amount of catches and yards, as did Bobby Trees, Robert Woods, (laughs) 17.9. Zach Ertz scores him 10.8, but outperformed big time by his, uh, his his running mate, Dallas Goddard, and Raheem Mostert. That was the questionable start of the week, Austin. You remember how much Tim was wrestling back and forth with having to start Raheem Mostert? He was basically beside himself when he had to thrust that guy into the lineup. Yeah, and all he did was go up and put 25 points on the board for me. I got lucky I was spared a little bit that Tim kept Aaron Rodgers on his bench. Rodgers put up Oof. nearly 31 points, so that's a gap of about 10 more points that Tim could have had with Rodgers instead of Watson, but Mostert with 25, Zeke with 27, making me look silly for passing on him with my first pick. No one really underperformed all that much for Tim. He had a lot of guys overperform as well. I I had no chance to touch him. Well, Austin, I think, uh, you know, your your squad, we may as well just go here next. I mean, you didn't have a slouch of performance, 114, nearly 115 points. Uh, the, the, the big the big microscope moment for you was when you took Aaron Jones with your first pick. What was that, fourth overall? Yeah. Fourth or fifth overall? Fourth. Uh, ahead of some some heavy hitters. So that, that score every week is going to draw some attention. He did score over his projected total at 17.6, so hard to hate on that too much. I, I want to go to your other running back, though, and Austin Eckler. 
he is just a, a was a checkdown machine under under your new boy Philip Rivers. I think he only had two targets, two or three targets. He finishes with just nine point seven concern level with Austin Eckler more so when the lack in the passing game. I don't want to overreact to one week, but I might have bought in a little bit too much to the hype. That's what I was reading. Austin Eckler, you know, he's going to be a great safety valve for Tyrod Taylor, for Justin Herbert, whoever's playing quarterback. Sure didn't look that way in week one. It's a little disappointing. I'm not going to lie. I, my other running back, of course, is Marlon Mack, who went on, on the IR with that Achilles injury. So I don't have anyone right now that I'm confident in slotting in Austin Eckler's place. So unless I can get a random home run waiver wire pickup, I'm probably stuck with that second or third round pick as well. And we should probably note, uh, note your bench, Austin. You, you don't have a single running back that's eligible to play on your bench. I mean, not, not even a... Not even a flyer. Like, Tim's got a Daryl Henderson. My daughter Kennedy clearly doesn't appear, uh, appear to be on board with your selections. She's just <laughs> beside herself right now. Um, well, Tim, Austin, let's talk about your roster selection here. Um, Marlon Mack, you mentioned on the IL. Achilles injury, he's out. You've got a bunch of receivers and a handful of rookies and Jerry Judy and Justin Jefferson. What's kind of your plan? Is, is tr I can't remember. Did you mention your philosophy on trades? Aren't you out on trades? Or are you, are you, uh, are you scouring rosters to see if there's a potential move? Oh, I'm def I've definitely been spending all week looking. My thing with trades is that I don't like being overly crafty. I don't like being overly manipulative. I, I know that people in this league aren't dummies. Obviously, that's why we're playing, why people listen, because we're ostensibly we know what we're doing. So I want to make sure it's a win-win for everyone. There's some value involved. The issue there is that not a whole lot of value on my bench right now. So I need a couple good performances for those guys. I'm just going to, like I said, I mean, trades are always there, but I think the waiver wire is going to be a little bit safer. I think I can I most likely pick someone up from there easier than in a trade. So I'm just going to have to get lucky in the waiver wire, at least for a week or two, I think. I would recommend throwing Marlon Mack in your IR spot. I don't know if he's eligible right now. That way you can pick somebody up for free right. and you don't have to drop anybody. So, um, yeah, moving moving forward, um, yeah, Orman Rowboat's going to need some help in the running back room. Uh, also, tremendous performance in week one for Saucy Nugs, Mr. Mr. Josh Hilkeman. <laughs> You were 0.2 points behind Tim, so let's <laughs> I know. let's not get it twisted. You had a very good week. Uh, you had a lot of players that I have in other leagues: Calvin Ridley, Kyler Murray, two guys that I have elsewhere. Uh, Calvin Ridley, two—I don't want to call them completely lucky touchdowns, but he had a, a defensive back just fall down yeah. uh, on on one of his touchdowns, and another one where he—it uh, was a pretty good move and, and pretty easy pitch and catch. But he finishes with 33.9 for you. Adam Thielen gets a couple garbage time touchdowns as well. He scores 31. Yep. Dalvin with overperforming at 21.8. That's really good considering he's projected at 21.1. And Kyler Murray, 90-plus rushing yards and a score. Uh, your thoughts on your lineup in week one? You also had some pretty big performers on your bench as well. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think that obviously there are some guys that I probably – you know, overperform. Probably I can't expect them to do what they did every single week. But overall, I'm very pleased with the the consistent output. The one thing that I, you know, I'm going to have to look at is that second running back spot with Tariq Cohen. He only put up 6.7 points. 
in week one. And, you know, I thought about starting the rookie JK Dobbins. He put up 14.2. So that probably would have been a better way to go. But overall, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty pleased with it. And I think that, you know, that it, it'll be kind of a, uh, I, I think it, this, one of the strengths of my team is the wide receiver position with, you mentioned Thielen and Ridley having great days, but I also had Julian Edelman as my flex. And then I could have put DK Metcalf in there too. He right. had 19 and a half points. And he was sitting on my bench. Alan Lazard, I don't know if he's going to be a, a guy that's going to do this every week, but he had 18.2 last week. So, and, and then a guy I'm thinking about starting this week, Emmanuel Sanders, because of an injury in New Orleans. So I think that wide receiver is a strength. And you talk about trades with Austin. That's a position I think that I could possibly look at maybe trading some guys or trading a guy and seeing if I can shore up another position. It should be uh, uh, stated here that, that you dismantled Greg. That was your opponent. Uh, we want to talk about underperformers. Uh, let's use this opportunity to bury the Hickman Jackrabbits. Uh, looking at his team, boys, his entire team underperformed except for two. Patrick Mahomes, uh, excuse me, Clyde Edwards-Alaire finished with 19.8. He was projected at 15.3, and his only other – player that overperformed was Harrison Butker. He was projected at night and gave him 10. So it's not like he was a great overperformer. Everybody else underperformed. Patrick Mahomes only three points under, but guys like Le'Veon Bell, seven under. Uh, DJ Moore, six under. ODB, nine under. Evan Ingram, nine under. Marvin Jones Jr., four under. I mean, this is we heard that that Greg uh, was upset with some of the guys that he chose to leave on his bench, Naeem Hines, Jameson Crowder, TJ Hawkinson, uh, just just a couple of those. But, um, yeah, welcome welcome to the world of, of managing a fantasy football team, Mr. Greg Sharp. Yeah. Well, and that's that, like, I, even if he had put in all those guys that were sitting on his bench and replaced them, I, he still wouldn't have beat me because I had an outstanding week, you know, probably overperformed, but there are going to be a lot of weeks throughout the season where one decision will win you or lose you a week. Like if you leave one of those guys on the bench that you can't like that, you know, it's, it's going to cost you a, a game here and there. So it's, you know, there are times when it really doesn't matter who you play and don't play, but then there are, there are a lot of weeks where one decision is, is going to cost you or, or win you a week. Let's go to the next highest scoring matchup, and this was the best matchup of the week, and it was Josh Banderas, former Husker Blackshirt, against Mick Steiner, and Bando comes out with a three-point victory, fellas, and you look at what had to happen. You think to uh, Bando's lineup, Juju Smith-Schuster scoring 24.9 on Monday night uh, to give him the victory. Steelers D also dumps in 10 for Bando, but... Um, obviously with mixed team, you're going to start with him most weeks because of one draft pick in particular, but you could make the argument for two Christian McCaffrey, of course, who was the number one overall pick. Everyone kind of looks at that guy with the number one pick with a little bit of stink eye and, and Mick, unfortunately drew that card. He picked who we all would have picked, <laughs> uh, CMC who finishes, uh, over his projection with 28.5. But I think Deandre Hopkins is an interesting one to follow fellas. He finishes with 14 receptions. Oh. against the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, if you're getting 20 targets a game, this could prove to be by far and away the number one wide receiver in fantasy football this year, especially considering which we found out today, we're recording this on a Saturday, that Michael Thomas will not play today for New Orleans with that high ankle sprain. I mean, you get probably the top-scoring running back and potentially the top-scoring wide receiver. 
you're going to draw some uh, some eyes around the league. And, and unfortunately for Mick, unfortunately for all of us, uh, he's going to be put in a pretty good spot most weeks with that to, with that duo right there. And so you look at the Arizona receiving core, it's not like Hopkins is the only option there. He's clearly the best. He's top three, maybe top five receiver if you really want to drop him down. So he's really good. Kyler Murray's going to get better. But yeah, Nuke's an absolute weapon. And especially with Michael Thomas out, he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. Yeah. What do you guys think of Josh Allen, week one? Finishes with 28 points, um, throws for a couple, runs for, for one, two. I think he finished with, with over 10 carries and a touchdown as well. Is this something that this dude can sustain all year? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he can. He'll probably be up and down a little bit. I don't think he's gotten to the point where he's going to be a consistently one of the top scoring quarterbacks in the league, which he put up one of the top quarterback uh, totals last week. But I think that, you know, he obviously has that potential and he'll probably do it several more times throughout the season. I just think that part part of it too is, you know, Buffalo, I think has a good team. They have a solid defense and um, I, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be asked to put up those numbers every single week, but um, I, you know, I think that he definitely is capable of it. And I think that he, he could potentially grow into that. Maybe not this year, but in the years to come, a guy that's just one of the star quarterbacks in the league, you see that potential there, but I, I don't think that he's a guy that you can lean on every single week to put up those kind of numbers. I don't think he's completely boom or bust because of his legs, because of how much he runs, you know, throw the ball around. But his legs give him those extra yards, those extra carries that I think raise his floor a little bit, especially in a fantasy football league. Let's go to another matchup and a tight one. It was our own Brett Woody taking on our fan, Lamar Dinkins. The Buggies of Star City. This was another tight one. Lamar comes out mm -hmm. on top, 130-121. Again, with Lamar, you're going to start with Lamar. Lamar Jackson, 27.5 points for him. But obviously the score of, of the week in terms of wide receiver was Devontae Adams. He was just an utter monster day. I think he had 14 catches over 150 yards and a couple touchdowns, 41.6 on the board for him, which made up for lackluster efforts. I mean, guys, look at, look at uh, yeah. Lamar's team. He got minus nine from the Vikings D, <laughs> and he got <laughs> under 10 from four other positions. But 41.6 is going to carry him to the win here. Yeah. Literally yeah, no a third doubt. of his point total, darn near. That <laughs> he can still lose nine points and win by nine points. That oh, that's insane. Well, that's a I, I, that's kind of a an outlier type score from Devontae Adams. Like forty one points in one week is isn't going to happen every week. And I you know you look up and down his lineup. It, it doesn't scare me a whole lot outside of Lamar Jackson. Now Lamar Jackson's a guy who could put up forty points in a week, mm -hmm. uh, any given week, but. Other than other than that, and maybe a guy like Devontae Adams jumping out and having a, a forty point week, I don't. His lineup doesn't scare me a whole ton. I think honestly, Brett's team, you know, looking it up and down, probably is a little bit more solid and put together than our fans' team. Well, finally, let's wrap up with the lowest scoring matchup of the week, and that was myself and Jeremiah Searles. Um, I actually end up with the win with just one hundred and thirteen points. And, fellas, if I would have played any other team this week but Greg, I'd have lost. So <laughs> fantasy football is a little bit about luck and who you play. Yeah. Um, and, and luckily I, I had Jeremiah who scored just uh, nearly 93 points. Looking at my team's performance, Josh Jacobs gets me 35.9. That's a third mm -hmm. of my team's total. Matt Ryan, of course, throwing to your mate, Josh Calvin Ridley, gives me 24. But I, I will point out, 
uh, my lack of worry in a couple in a couple scenarios. Number one, Saquon finishes with only 12.6, and he couldn't get anything going on the ground at all against the Steelers. I think he will balance out throughout the year. And, you know, Josh, you mentioned you had a couple guys overperform that you, that you can't count on to score that many. I'm not going to count on Saquon on the other end scoring me this low every week. I think he's going to be just fine. A.J. Brown will, finishes with 8.9. We all know he's injured now, but – the uh, the lack of targets and the, he should have had a touchdown. He completely misread the throw from from Tannehill. Finishes with eight point nine. Terry McLaurin had a hard time getting anything going. That is a concern. Terry McLaurin needs to be a guy that's good for me because my receivers aren't good enough uh, yeah. to to just pick, to carry the slack. And George Kittle got injured in the first half and finished with only nine point three with me. Uh, he did come back, but he just wasn't the same guy. So I am worried about my tight end position. Uh, however, I will point out that. Um, Jonathan Taylor was on my bench, and now with yep. Austin's injury to Marlon Mack, that's a guy that will be in my lineup every week, and I feel confident he'll be a 15-point-a-week scorer. He finished with 14.9 in week one. I am very high on Tyler Boyd uh, of Cincinnati. He f- finishes with only 7.3 against the Chargers, but he was in my lineup on Thursday, and he scored 20 for me against the Browns. So happy with uh, Tyler Boyd. And, uh, and a couple other guys on my team that I'm not giving up on that I think have a chance to be solid. So, yes, I only scored 113 this week, but I think overall my team's going to be fairly competitive. Yeah, and I think that with your team, it's kind of what I pointed out with the strength of mine being the wide receivers. I think you have a very deep, strong running back position. Between Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs, your starting running backs, those guys are probably going to you know get you a combined 40 45 points a week at minimum and then like you said you have Jonathan Taylor sitting on your bench he's only going to get more points throughout the season and then Zach Moss was one of your uh big pickups he's a, another uh young running back and at, at Buffalo and so he's a guy that I think that you could s- stick in there and he probably will be just as good so you your running back position I think is is the strength of your team yeah we'll talk a little bit more about Zach Moss uh, a little later on here before we uh, wrap up. Okay, guys, let's get to the week, week two matchups uh, right now. Actually, one more, one more thought. Let's just give uh, – we, we'll do this again this week where we kind of gave our projections for highest scorer of the week. Um, so let's let's find the, uh, the highest scorer of the week um, from last week. Devontae Adams at yep. 41.6 uh, comes in at the highest scorer. Josh Jacobs right behind at 35.9 Calvin Ridley over 30 as well but the highest scorer was Devontae Adams none of us surprisingly picked uh, (laughs) Devontae Adams with the highest scorer of the week Tim picked Ezekiel Elliott he had 20 Austin you picked Christian McCaffrey he finishes with 28.5 so not far off but still kind of far off and I fit and I my pick was Alvin Kamara who would have had one more garbage time touchdown uh, but he uh, he was ruled out at the one and even then wouldn't have given him um, the uh, the high the high mark of the week. So Devontae Adams finishes with a high mark of the week. Okay, guys, let's jump into matchups this week. Um, let's just start with uh, let's just start with my my matchup with Greg since it's the first one on my list here. Again, Tyler Boyd was the only performer of the week, twenty point two. I'll take it. Is there a better feeling, fellas, than having just one guy go on Thursday and having him have have a great start? I mean, you're kind of feeling like invincible heading into Sunday. Well, I was going to say that I'm I'm feeling the opposite of that right now. I'm I'm going against Brett, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But he had Nick Chubb go off for 26 on Thursday, and I didn't have anybody go. So I'm I'm in the opposite feeling of you, where you're you're feeling pretty good going into 
into today's games and and i'm i'm i got some ground to make up so yeah that's it it is it's a big game changer when you have that thursday performer go off and Austin, I know you had a, a performer on Thursday as well. Uh, AJ Green, what, what? Obviously, you know, not the performance you wanted out of him. What's What's your outlook on what he's going to bring now that you've probably you probably watched some of that Bengals game with the Browns? He led the Bengals in targets by a ton, but he just couldn't find a way to hook up with Burrow. Right, that's the thing. Leading in targets makes me more confident in him. Joe Burrow has looked really solid. I, I don't think Tyler Boyd's going to be taking all those catches and be all that consistent so I think AJ Green's gonna bounce back for me extremely disappointing only six point performance I, I'm honestly not a big fan of having a lot of Thursday guys on my team because that just stresses me out trying to hold on yeah. for dear life most of the time <laughs> and now especially only getting six points with the way Lamar I'm matched up against Lamar this week I'm I'm a little more scared of his lineup than Josh is especially because as of now, I have Mike Evans on my bench. He's back. He's projected for 17.4 points. Had I known A.J. Green and Joe Burrow weren't going to have a connection, I, I did contemplate moving Evans for Green. Now that, that option's off the board, now I have a tougher choice to make there. Do you guys feel, just as a whole, more obligated to play somebody on Thursday, even if they're on your bench, just for someone to root for on Thursday? <laughs> I've, I've felt that before. I feel a little bit bad. I had Joe Burrow sitting on my bench and like, how would I have known that he was going to go off? I think he had like 25 points on Thursday and I, I probably could have played him, um, and gotten a, a great performance, but I, I usually, I try not to let that influence my decision. I try not to, but it's, sometimes it's hard. You, you want to, it's tempting to put that Thursday night guy in there. If, if you see that in time, um, even if it's somebody that you normally wouldn't play. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good about noticing the, the team matchup and not just the day. So at least for the <laughs> most part, I haven't been influenced by that. But I can definitely see if I get a juicy Thursday night matchup with a guy on my bench, I could definitely see myself moving, moving him in. I've been known to have a really itchy trigger finger, and, and that is a mistake that I run into a lot. Thankfully, I held off in one of my other leagues. I had Jarvis Landry and kept him on the bench uh, where, he, where he most rightfully belongs uh, as of right now. All right, Josh, yeah, as you mentioned, you've got, um, you've got Brett this week, 1-0 against 0-1. He's projected to win now. I don't think that was the case before, but 131, 124.6 could be a good one. When you look at this matchup, what stands out to you? Well, Brett, Brett does scare me a little bit. He lost week one, but that's he, he's not your typical 0-1 team. He would have beaten a lot of different different teams in week one. But And, and, and like I said, he, had, he got off to that great start with Nick Shebb going off for 26, bouncing back from a poor week one going off in week two. So that, that's going to be tough to come back from. Um, I, I, I'm, there are a few different things that I'm looking at doing, and I mentioned it earlier. I think that Emmanuel Sanders... I'm going to insert into my flex spot. Um, he did not play last week for me, but I think I'm going to put him in there and otherwise leave my my lineup untouched. But it, it's it's too tempting to put him in there with Michael Thomas out for New Orleans. Plus, Las Vegas, just their defense, I don't think is that good. So it's it's a good matchup, and he I think he's going to get um, more touches. So that that's really the only change that I'm making in my lineup. I don't think that... You know, I, I've thought about putting a J.K. Dobbins in for Tariq Cohen or a James White in for Tariq Cohen, but I, I think I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, they're going against the Giants, who are not one of the great teams in the league, so I'm 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 going to leave him in. But otherwise, you know, Brett's team is 
is just up and down. He has some solid guys in there. So I'm, I'm hoping that a few of them have some down weeks. Russell Wilson against the Patriots. I'm hoping the Pats defense, I hope they're able to kind of contain him and hold him down to a lower point total. That'll help me out a little bit. But I think it's going to go down to the wire between the two of us. We're at a 12.6 to 7.6 advantage. Uh, Mick over Jeremiah. Jarvis Landry, who we just mentioned a second ago, gets Jeremiah on the board with 7.6. Joe Mixon only 12.6. I do like Mick's chances to win this one. He's still projected to win by almost 30 against Jeremiah, so we won't spend a ton of time on this matchup. Now, however, I am interested in this one. Josh Banderas and Tim Curran. Bando Ooh. against Sir Yachts inside source. So two of the higher scorers from last week tim's not on here to defend himself boys but um you know when you look at uh, these two lineups and you look at you know tim and the sustainability i think that's going to be the big thing with the high scores from week one everyone's going to rush and see who's on their team and of course you're going to have some guys that uh that have overperformed but um who do you feel just top to bottom has, has the better team right now if you're if you're picking between the two rosters who are you taking mm, that's tough I, I think Tim probably does. Um, and again, uh, I, he has two really good quarterbacks. He started Deshaun Watson week one. Looks like he's going with Aaron Rodgers week two. But um, I, and, but then you have Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley as his running backs, Julio Jones and Bobby Trees as his wide receivers. Like, and he got a, a big performance from Raheem Mostert week one. No doubt about that. But he, I think that... Uh, you know, at least the guys that he has in his starting lineup, I'm, I'm, I give the slight edge to Tim, but Bando has some good guys there too, especially if Cam Newton can put up a week like he did last week. I don't think he's going to be able to run the ball 15, 20 times a game, but you know, I, I think that he can put up some big points and Alvin Kamara, Tyree killed Juju Smith Schuster. Like he has some, he has some dudes on his team too, but right now give me the slight edge to, to Sir Yacht's inside source. Yeah, I line up with Josh. I think especially this week, I think that Cam Newton is going to have a little bit of a come down against Seattle's defense. And Noah Fant's not going to put up what he did last week playing Pittsburgh this week. So in the context of this matchup, definitely Tim. Yeah, I think Tim's team's definitely more balanced. The, the, that second running back spot for Bando is, is not strong. Devin Singletary splitting carries with Zach Moss, a rookie who played in his first NFL game and was out-snapped last week. Um, so don't like that scenario here okay Austin let's finish with you you already mentioned you're you're playing our fan Lamar you're projected to to, to go down by seven right now um when you when you look at at the matchup what scares you other than Lamar Jackson on on the other side I think the biggest thing that stands out to me is Miles Sanders is now healthy uh for Lamar's team he's going to give it a go for for Philly on Sunday I guess which is today Right. Miles Sanders was the first guy that came to mind for me. The other one, though, is Chris Carson. I think that the way the Seattle running game situation is set up, Chris Carson is going to be an absolute horse for them this year. Had a pretty solid week one. Maybe New England's a little bit tougher, but the, the way Seattle depends on its run game, I think that that's a little bit scary. And watch out for Cooper Cup. He also a guy against that Philadelphia secondary. I think he can find some openings over the middle there. Does he get to 13? I think that's about right for him, and that might just be enough to push Lamar over the edge. Austin, I know you're a T.Y. guy. You've got him in your flex right mm -hmm. now. No thought of putting Mikey Evans there ahead of T.Y.? Uh, big thoughts. Big thoughts about it. Um, <laughs> that's actually the one I was going to ask you guys about, what you would think, because Minnesota's secondary is so young. Mm -hmm. T.Y. Yeah. had a 
couple of drops last week in key moments. I, I trust him. I want to trust him. I want to ride with my guy. But I also really don't trust that Carolina defense. So I'm, I'm leaning Mike Evans. But I also am a guy that typically goes with the projections over my gut. Projections say Mike Evans. Gut tells me T.Y. You got to go with your gut, man. In my other league, yes. I had a bunch of other running backs that were projected way more points than J.K. Dobbins. Went with the gut, and the Rook scored me two touchdowns. So got to go with the gut. Okay, if it's me, uh, since I'm not playing you this week, I, I'll give you my <laughs> thoughts. And I think this is really tough because you just saw Green Bay shred Minnesota through the air last week. So that, that obviously is weighing on my mind, but this is weighing on my mind even more. Chris Godwin is out today for Tampa Bay. So that is a huge bunch of Tom Brady's targets that are taken away from him. Uh, you got to think Mike Evans is going to carry maybe five to six more targets than he maybe would normally see against Carolina. And I know Carolina's defense is probably a bit more proven than, um, than, than Minnesota's. But at the same time, I'm, uh, I'm taking – I don't think it matters necessarily who Tom Brady's defense is that he's going up against. And Mike Evans is still one of the best receivers out there. And the other thing you got to consider is Gronk, I think, had one or two targets the entire game. Mm-hmm. Uh, O.J. Howard did get a goal line touchdown. And Scotty Miller really was the only guy occupying targets for Tampa Bay. That's who you're competing against if you're Mike Evans. So if it's me – I'm starting Mike Evans, even though I know the hamstring's an issue. What about Mike Evans over Amari Cooper, then? I could have T.Y. and Mike Evans in the mm. same lineup. That's, that's the other option I have. Uh, I prefer Mike Evans over A.J. Green, but we know we can't uh, go back <laughs> yeah, and, and plug, plug and play <laughs> right. that. Uh, to me, Amari Cooper is such a boomer bust guy. Um, D.K. Metcalf had success. Uh, Tyler Lockett had success. I, I would prefer Amari and Amari Mike Evans than I would um, taking Amari out. So, to me, the, the choice is either Evans or, or T.Y. Hilton, yeah. But yeah. Let's just rewind to Thursday and let me take A.J. Green out. How about that? Sure. Uh, I'm the commissioner. We'll see if I can, I can <laughs> finagle that. True. Yeah, in, in some sense. Josh, is there any guys you're questioning start or sit? Um, I mean, yes, a little bit. Like, I think that I – the one that I was kind of questioning was – whether I should put Emmanuel Sanders in, and I've I've, I've decided to put him in, but um, I, I could have put uh, DK Metcalf in that flex spot or kept Julian Edelman in. I think I, I've made the final decision to put Emmanuel Sanders in. The one thing that I've kind of gone back and forth on, and I talked with Austin actually earlier this week about this, and I have Tariq Cohen as my second running back. I'm going to give him one more chance but uh, I'm, you know, J.K. Dobbins is the guy that I would put there in his place at the second running back. But I, I think I'm going to hold off one more week and, and see what happens. J.K. Dobbins didn't have great production on the ground. But how about this, guys? Mark Ingram signs that big offseason contract. And guess who got more red zone touches? J.K. Dobbins, Dobbins got more red zone touches in his first NFL game than Mark Ingram. That That is not an accident. I'm just telling you that right now. Yep. Um, for me, there's – okay, I've got the logical side. I've got the fan side, okay? So <laughs> this is just talking about wide receivers. I've, I'm only playing one more wide receiver, and I've got scary Terry McLaurin in there right now, projected at 13.7. Um, I think if I was just, you know, no fan, no attachment, just if I'm just trying to straight win the matchup, Keenan Allen, I think, is, is maybe the safer play over Terry McLaurin just because I think he's a better polished veteran wide receiver and 
you know, I've said that before. I like guys on my team that are consistent, that have done it before, and Keenan Allen is still one of the best route runners in the NFL. But at, at, there, are, there are two things kind of going here, and these next two guys are going to play hand-in-hand in, hand in that. Keenan Allen's going up against the Chiefs, so there's no way I'm playing Keenan Allen while they're playing my favorite team and I'm rooting <laughs> for somebody against Kansas City. So that's not happening. And the other guy that's lingering on my bench, he's only projected at 3.6 points, and I kind of just want to flex on Greg and play him anyway <laughs> because I think he's going to have a sneaky good game, and that's McCole Hardman. This is a guy that had averaged over 50 yards. When he scored a touchdown, it was on average of 50 yards or more. So he's an electrifying player when he gets the ball in his hands, and he had one target last week, Yeesh. one. I got to think that Andy Reid's going, okay, this guy's too good. Uh, we got to start using him more. I think there's probably some plays in the playbook uh, that were that were added this week just for Hardman to try and shake him loose and get him going against the Chargers. So I kind of want to flex on Greg and play the 3.6 point projected total guy. Am I completely nuts? No, but throw the the Chiefs thing at the guy who drafted all the Chiefs in his face. You know, <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. And and, and the, the funny thing about that is Greg has Mahomes. So if he yeah, if he does right. throw one to McColl. <laughs> I'm getting those points right back. Love it. Right. The thing with McLaurin is that Arizona's defense looked surprisingly salty against San Francisco, at least through the air. I know Mostert had a pretty big game on the ground on that one long touchdown. McLaurin is another one of those boomer bust guys. Part of that has to do with Dwayne Haskins not looking all that incredible. I would tell you to go with Keenan Allen. Obviously, that's out the window. But, (laughs) you know, I think there's no no harm in taking a shot on McCole Harden, especially if it means you get a beat up on the Chargers. This will literally be a game-time decision, fellas. And the good thing is about it, both of these are 3 o'clock games, so I don't need to make this decision, you know, until after after maybe halftime of the the games today. So... Uh, this is not something that I that you know I needed to to make the decision today. Okay, boys. Uh, before we sign off for the week, let's kind of throw some predictions out of who we think the highest scorer of the of the league will be in week number two. We all kind of went with you know run of the mill picks in week one, and we got surprised. I, I kind of have a feeling we're going to get surprised again. Any guesses, Josh? This is kind of your maiden voyage on a prediction. Right. I, I've been thinking about it and I'm, I'm going to go with somebody that's going up against me. You know, I'm, I'm the eternal pessimist. So I'm going to I'm going to go with uh, Derek Henry, who's on Brett's team. He has the matchup against Jacksonville. Um, and so, I, you know, he's a guy who can just go off at any given moment. Now, uh, he's he's probably more likely to do that later in the season in playoffs. But I think that, you know, he, he, he might have something to prove after week one. So I'm going to go with Derrick Henry. I, I thought about maybe saying Alvin Kamara, but I think he was a pick last week. So I just yep, want to throw a, a, new, a new name out there. So I'm going Derrick Henry. Okay. Uh, Austin. Oh, yeah. by the way, one note on Derrick Henry. I think I saw a stat this week, guys. Five straight games dating back to last year. Derrick Henry at least 30 carries in a game. Goodness. That's crazy. Man, my, and my Josh, pick- Derrick Henry is projected number four for points this week. All right. All right. Okay. I, I'm going to go with DeAndre Hopkins. I, I'm not in, entirely buying the Washington football team's defensive performance against the Eagles. I think the Eagles were missing some pieces. Miles Sanders, one of them. And I know I talked about how good I think the Cardinals receiving court could be, but I think that's a week one connection that Kyler Murray established with DeAndre Hopkins. I think he has a big game and leads the league. Uh, looking for D-Hop on projected totals. About 17 right now. 17? Okay. Solid. Well, I was going to pick – I had this guy in mind before I looked at the projections. 
Uh, but I'm not going to pick him because he is projected number one. <laughs> I was going to go Lamar Jackson this week. We all went running back last week. I was going to change it up and go quarterback. Uh, but I, I will switch it up this week as well. Uh, I'll go. I'll, I will go quarterback. I'll go Kyler Murray. I don't know why. I just have hey. a feeling he's going to have. A, I would a love good, that. A good, good projection <laughs> this week. Um, again, his legs can get get me points. He can get yep. get you points uh, through the air as well. So I'm going to go with D Hop's throwing mate. So we've got two Cardinals in projections. How about that? Who are they playing? Yeah. Washington. Washington. Okay, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> Makes sense. It is possible. All right. So Josh, you're going Derrick Henry. Austin, I wrote you down for D Hop, and I'm taking. Kyler Murray with the Arizona Cardinals. We'll see. Uh, we got a, first one to nail this should get get a prize or something. I don't yes. know. We'll, we'll figure. <laughs> or at least out. a shout out. Get a pat on yeah. the back. Something. Right. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But that, I mean, to, to <laughs> nail the first over, uh, the first, the, the highest score. I mean, that's that's going to be tough to do. All right, fellas. Any final thoughts before we wrap her up today? Uh, I'm just hoping to go two and zero. Oh. I there's the. Obviously, we have a lot of the matchups that we're going to have throughout the season are going to be, you know, bragging rights, and you don't want to lose to whoever you're playing. But man, I don't. I've had some knockdown, dragout battles in fantasy with Brett before. Different sports, NFL, it doesn't matter. We, but I, I, I don't want to lose to Brett because I know he'll have, he'll take every inch of bragging rights against me. So I, I got to. I'm, I'm really hoping I win today. We'll have something to say, huh? Austin, any, yep. you, any, anything that, that you're looking for today and, and this week on your team or any particular player? Man, I just want to get on the board. Nothing personal, Lamar. I just want to win one. Just get me <laughs> on the board here in week two. Have a nice little bounce back performance. If the boat, Boats and Colts can both pull one out, it'll be a good good Sunday for me. Well, one, one of the two teams that you mentioned has Phillip Rivers, so I don't like their chances. <laughs> Uh, won't say which one. Uh, you don't have Philip Rivers on your team, do you? I do not. That is okay, a good. conscious choice. <laughs> good, 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 good. That a boy. All right. The only thing that that I I have to say it's something that I really want. I want to see Zach Moss play well again. I mean, this is kind of my dark horse, my one of my sleepers coming into the to the year, and I really want to see him have another good day for Buffalo. Other than that, um, want to beat Greg by a thousand, and that's that's really all I have to say about that. Um, Josh, you mentioned you have knockdown dragouts with Brett and Fantasy. I have knockdown dragouts with Greg and about everything that we do. So true. Um, yep. Yeah, just the, the rivalry is there. It's real, and I want to bury him, even though he has got a whole bunch of Chiefs on his team. Um, <laughs> I'm still going to root for the Chiefs to win. Just maybe the defense can pick up the slack and score six or seven touchdowns uh, against San Diego. All right, fellas, it was fun. We don't know who our cast is next week. That is a that is a roulette decision. Uh, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> Somebody will be here talking fantasy football with you. Hope your teams are doing well. Feel free to uh, to tweet at us. Find us on Twitter at Husker Sports or uh, any of our individual accounts and let us know how you're doing or how we're doing or how bad we're doing. Love to hear it. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent, doesn't matter. We're back with you next week. Enjoy the games this week. Have a good one. We'll talk to you next week.